All the music used in this episode fall under fair use under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowances made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, and reporting. Thank you. Do you have things that you're going to say, oh, too? Oh, yeah, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, <laughs> I want to sit here in silence. <laughs> sit here in silence and stare at you. Hi, everybody. You are listening to My Records and Me. I am your host, Kylie. And uh, this is a show where I, you know, have on people in my life and we talk about the music we love and, you know, how we're connected to it. And this week, I'm a very special, special guest. One of my, one of my very close friends, probably one of the only men I trust. <laughs> and my former roommate in college, Dylan. Hello. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you on. And this week, we are discussing an album that um, always makes me think about Dylan, um, Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Period. Dylan, when did you first hear this album? Um, well, I first heard the singles when they came out 28 spring, fall 2018. Yeah. And then yeah. when the album came out in August 2019, I listened to it the day it came out. Yeah, it reminds me of that time in my life. Yeah, um, I I was off. I was on an awful on a train when the first singles came out, and to be honest, Dylan brought me back on to the Lana train. Yes, you definitely did, um, especially with this album. And but I definitely remember first hearing the cover of "Doing Time," which is the Sublime cover, and I think that came out in the spring of 2019. I remember like hearing it on like the alternative rock radio, quote unquote, in that summer. And I loved that cover. Um, and then I listened to the whole album sometime in September of 2019. It definitely wasn't the day it was released, but definitely was in that early fall of our junior year of college. Um, so what does this album mean to you? Um, honestly, a lot of things. I think... Well, I'm like a really big Lana Del Rey fan. So this album, I think, is her magnum opus, <laughs> per se. I think she really is in her pure form. Like, mm-hmm. she's really like Lana Del Rey. Yeah. And I don't know, it just means like romance, like longing, escapism, yeah. culture, gender. There's just, like, so many things that themes in this album that just really stick out and everything makes you think. This album really, to me, and we were, we, were, we were texting about this earlier today, but this really encompasses, like, how I felt all of 2020, especially in those, like, beginning months of, like, the pandemic and like I had no one no one had any idea what the hell was going on basically and then later in that you know our start of our senior year this whole yeah this album just like makes me think of 2020 
And it truly was like my lifeline. I'm like, I don't know if I could have gotten through 2020 without this album. That is very true. Yeah. And it's definitely been like a soundtrack to some of the situationships I've been in. Same. (laughs) Same, same, same. Which I feel like as I was, you know, reading through all these lyrics again and and really listening to this whole album over the past few days in full, I was like, damn, this whole album really describes a lot of those situations. So, Norman Fucking Rockwell was Lana Del Rey's sixth studio album released August 30th, 2019. Um, Album was primarily produced by Lana and Jack Antonoff. Big Jack Antonoff stands on the pod. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. With additional contributions from Zach Dawes, Andrew Watt, and a longtime collaborator, Rick mm. Knowles. The name of the album is a reference to the painter and illustrator Norman Rockwell. And the first singles, I actually did not know this, and I learned this when I was doing my research. Uh, but the first singles off the album were um, Mariner's Apartment Complex, Venice B- Bitch, which were released in um, September of 2018, followed by Hope is a Dangerous Thing for a Woman, But I Have It, Due in Time the greatest in Norman fucking Rockwell in 2019. So mm-hmm. this album received, I think, some of the biggest r- widespread critical acclaim, was nominated for Album of the Year at the 62, 62nd <laughs> Annual Grammy Awards, while Norman fucking Rockwell was nominated for Song of the Year. Um, we obviously don't think Billie Eilish, she was the one who won Album of the Year, record, <laughs> album of the year right? Yeah. Me and Dylan are both in our stuck in our ways and Billie Eilish should have not won that album won that award. Yeah. Dead Grammys are dead to me after that. Yeah. And many other things yeah. that they've done. No weekend <laughs> no the weekend nominations, but anyway. Beyonce. Yep. Um <laughs> It was listed um, by several publications as one of the best albums of the decade and in the years following its release of all time. The Rolling Stone ranked this album as the the 321st greatest album of all time. Elton John called the album songs timeless. Mm. I actually don't know monetarily. I don't know if this is actually her best Um, It's probably not. It was probably the first two. Yeah, it was probably her first one. It was probably her most financially successful. Mm -hmm. But this is definitely the most critically acclaimed. Definitely. Definitely. So, we're going to get into it and go track by track. When this album opens with the title track, Norman fucking Rockwell. And kind of, whenever I listen to this song, I really think of... Um, our kind of friend group in like the fall of 2019 like Jess and Aaron you and I um, and those people because I felt like we were all living the song simultaneously <laughs> in the fall of 2019 um, yeah and the the first note I read note I wrote was this song describes most of every man I've slept with like goddamn man child <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely it's about men who aren't too good to you that's definitely a key point yeah yeah it really feels like when you're listening to it like you're in this relationship like the start of the like it's such a good start to the album and Mm -hmm. just like the opening production on it oh just leading you in and like 
throughout the song you feel like you're in this relationship or like you're just like the third person in this relationship with her but it's so relatable at the same time and like talking to this man who's like all caught up in like i don't know his passions Mm -hmm. quote unquote or his hobbies and he thinks he's like I don't know kind of like he thinks that he's like cut above the like the rest he's pretentious like he literally is pretentious yeah but then when something goes wrong he like blames it on other things and she just kind of accepts that and she's like i i go through the motions with you yeah and it makes me sad but but But. i'm not like unhappy or like depressed yeah i think like just the lyrics that really just like describe exactly what you said and that I wrote down was you act like a kid even though you stand six foot two self-loathing poet resident Laurel Canyon know-it-all you talk to the walls when the party gets bored of you but I don't get bored I just see it through why wait for the best when I could have you Mm. yeah and I really resonate with like that last line where it's like why wait for the best when I could have you um, definitely being in, you know, situations where I myself and everyone around me knew that, like, this person was, you know, not it. But in that moment, yeah. you're like, why, like, like, why wait for someone better when I could just have you? And, like, all your pretentiousness and your own faults, it's like, I don't really want anything else. And I'm gonna just, I literally, like, I'm just gonna see it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah definitely she's like romanticizing this like relationship or just like when she says you fuck me so good i almost said i love you like it's like she's just so into this man yeah and like everything that he's like about and like he probably like lights up the room but and she's like really enamored with that but like she, at least she acknowledges that there's that there's issues. I guess she doesn't have rose colored glasses on, but she kind of just <laughs> she just accepts it. But like, hopefully, she's past that. Like, why wait for the best when I can have you? Yeah, I hope she's past it now. <laughs> yeah, hoping for that. You made a really good point that I didn't I didn't write. It's the production, like the like the music, like the actual music, the leading up. I think it's such a, this is such a perfect kind of lead in to the whole album and kind of gives you a peek into really what the whole album is about. And I think musically it's so well done, like so, so well done. Yeah, even those first two lines, like once when she starts singing and she says those first two lines, it's like, whoa, like it's kind of funny. But, no, it's got yeah, it's kind of like startling. It's like, oh, okay, like we are getting <laughs> right into it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So we come off Norm Fucking Rockwell into I I think this may be my favorite song off the album, which in the first single off the album, which is Mariner's Apartment Complex. Mm-hmm. So when this song premiered on BBC One, Lana said, This song is about this time I took a walk late at night with a guy I was seeing, and we stopped in front of his friend's apartment complex, and he put his hand around my shoulder and he said, I think we are together because we're both similar, like we're both really messed up. And I thought it was the saddest thing I had ever heard. 
And I said, I'm not sad. I don't know. That's why you thought we, <laughs> you were relating to me on that level. I'm actually doing pretty good. And he was upset. And that's when I wrote the song. <laughs> I just heard telling that story is so funny. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. Um, this song, I definitely like, it definitely grew on me. Like I never disliked it, but I think it took me some time to understand mm-hmm. like the lyrics um, and really like pay attention. I think it really fits with the album. It really fits the theme of like a lot of the songs. And there's a lot of visual imagery that she's oh, yeah. like a lot of metaphors. And I feel like I've seen so many TikToks of like people are just like an image of a boat, like a sailboat, like driving with the song playing. And like it really, the song really is like you're on a boat with the sky. Oh, yeah. Kind of like just like, I don't know, letting it all out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the lyrics to this song. And I, I definitely relate because it's like, of just someone perceiving you a certain way. And I love the line, you took my sadness out of context. I just, mm-hmm. that, that's such a, like, that, what the hell, that's such a good line. Um, This song will always remind me of when I did shrooms. Oh my God. And you drove us to um, this place at, at UConn where we went to school called Horse Barn Hill. Dylan was obviously not on shrooms driving. Um, and we, I loved a strong memory of us listening to really only two songs on the way there. Flesh Without Blood by Crimes. <laughs> <laughs> and this and this song, we were in his apartment complex. And in that moment, and obviously I was on psychedelics, but uh, we got to the Horseburn Hill right as the sun was setting, and I just kept playing that this song in my head, and I truly felt like we were on a movie set. I was like this, like I was like this moment in this song. I'm the, I'm living a music video right now, and this is the, this is the song that I'm living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this can make you daydream or see things. Definitely, because it just paints such a picture. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of a lot like the last song, like kind of oh, talking about yeah. this. I don't know. And I guess in. Uh, I don't know what the best maybe insecure man because <laughs> like he's... I think yeah I think insecure is a good word for the the main the guy that this really whole album is about mm-hmm. at least yeah like he thinks that he he thinks that he's like saving her like he thinks that he is like the one fixing her like or that even if they are bro- both broken like he's like yeah like I know you're sad and that's why we're like but like if you look at the pre-chorus where she's like um like i've been with you on these beaches you're venice bitch you're die hard maybe i could save you for your sins like that part she's like she's like and then she says kiss the sky whisper to jesus you found this you need this um let me in like she's basically saying to him like you think like i've been with you the whole time like just shut up and like taking yeah. take the moment like stop stop talking about the nonsense and then the rest of the song she goes into like she's like a lighthouse like yeah. she's the she's light the in the guide rela- she's yeah. the guide she's the light in the yeah. relationship she he's dependent on her but maybe doesn't realize it and she's like doing a lot for the relationship oh completely yeah i think my favorite lyrics for this is 
I ain't no candle in the wind. I'm the board, the lightning, the thunder. Kind of girl who's going to make you wonder who you are and who you've been. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, like, the really standout, like, line. And I think when she talks about this story about this guy or whatever, it's, like, it's so true. It's, like, you know, this guy may have seen her, you know, vulnerability and whatever, sad in moments. But she, like, she's like, I'm not your kind of broken. Like, I'm a different broken. And I'm the, actually the one who, yeah, like you said, like, I'm the guide. Like, I've been, like, I've been mm-hmm. the one to fix you, quote unquote. Like, yeah, she, she's right in the song. Like, he's saying these things to her, took stock of that. And she's like, I'm actually so amazing. And like, <laughs> literally, you will never find someone like me. <laughs> like, are you ready for it? like like the whole song is like yeah like like i like literally you're gonna go get lost like you're gonna find your way back to me like i'm your i'm your man like don't get it twisted yeah that's why like i think this song's always resonated with me because i've always felt like that because i'm like i've been the like i've been the guide and then they stray but then they always come back and it's just like Mm. come on t We leave the apartment complex and we go to Venice Bitch, which is such a a fucking good song. I love this song so much. Um, This like amazing nine minute kind of song. Yup. And to me, this song is really all about like nostalgia and really like living in those like really good golden moments Mm -hmm. and then kind of and definitely realizing like she says like nothing gold can stay it's Mm -hmm. like it's like that it's i don't want to say like that honeymoon period quote-unquote but like that's kind of like what this reminds me of it's just like nostalgia and like wanting that Mm -hmm. like like that honeymoon period quote-unquote like back Mm yeah definitely relates with the nostalgia part it's like she is reminiscing about stuff like she's taking you through she's taking you through like a journey and Uh the length of the song and like the production it really makes it seem like you are just writing like i don't even know like a time loop or like some some type of like wave and the ether i don't know what the right word is but it's like it feels like nostalgic feel turning into a psychedelic trip with soft soft rock elements like electric guitar synths and drums mm-hmm. that that is true yeah the production really fits the narrative like she's reminiscing but like you feel like you're reminiscing about something but you're at the same time you're like there in the moment yeah. and like these she's with this person and like now she's saying like paint me happy in blue mm-hmm. she's always talking about the color blue um yeah she yeah that is true and like usually blue means sad and like yeah, you see some callbacks to norman fucking rockwell yes like blue and some people say she's singing about the same man in this song so like maybe things have worked out and like now she's like I mean, she's just singing about, like, the happy parts and, like, romanticizing them. But, like, this is really my favorite Lana song. 
I did not know that about you. Yeah, like I honestly, when it first came out in 2018, I I liked it. Like I listened to it a bunch of times, but I wasn't really until the album came out that like it fit I, the bigger yeah, picture. Yeah, it fit the bigger picture. But then I like started listening to it. And I was like, whoa, like this song goes off. <laughs> um, oh, definitely. Yeah, like these two people support each other, like they're artists in their own way, and like I don't know, I just really relate. Like I love the fuck. My favorite part, she, like the outro where she's like, "If you were mine, I'd be jealous of your love." Like so good. Like the way it ends, like it just feels so satisfying. Yeah, I. I read this quote and I didn't write it down. Maybe I should have. I think I got it off. Also, a lot of the information I got. Thank you, Wikipedia.com. I'm not a Period. I'm not a donor, but I do use it <laughs> for free. Yeah. So shout out. Should have put that. Should have put that at the beginning. But shout out to Wikipedia. But I I read something mm. when she originally went to her like manager about it or something and was like, Hey, I want to release this nine minute song as a single. They were like, What the fuck? <laughs> They're yeah. like, no. They're like, can you just do like a three minute, like happy doopy, whatever? And she was like, no, <laughs> because like this is like, that's another thing that I really love about Lana just in general. It's just like she, I feel like, and especially with the last three albums at like NFR, Chemtrails, Blue Bannisters, I feel like she's like so true to who she is. Not that like she really wasn't in like her her earlier stuff it's just like i think she's really grown she's really grown into herself as an artist and like yeah very confident in that and that's why she said yeah i'm gonna release this nine minute like Mm -hmm. nostalgic psychedelic like ballad and as a single and i think this was the second single yeah it was yeah and like this really this is like different than older lana i guess because like, I guess there's similarities to Cool World off Ultra Violence, which is also another long Lana song with a lot of instrumentation. Yeah. But compared to, like, a lot of her discography, this, at least in the context of this song, like, what she's presenting and, like, the production, like, it's, like, a happy song. It doesn't seem like, it's not, like, a toxic yeah. relationship. She's, like, genuine, <laughs> she's genuinely happy. Like, you feel yeah. good listening to the song. And then my yeah, just always remembering the golden the golden moments. And then I I reference that she references the psychedelic rock classic Crimson and Clover by Tommy mm. James and this other guy. Um, and then the poem by Robert Frost, which is obviously mm. talking about gold. Nothing gold can stay. And I think that's what also another thing that I really love about Lana in general is that she's always like referencing just like. Like, like you said earlier, like culture, mm-hmm. like very culturally significant people, um, art moments. And I just really love that about her because I'm a nerd and I love history and like all of that history referencing mm-hmm. kind of art. And Definitely. She is really enamored with older artists and, and culture of the past. And she's tried to emulate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... We leave this bitch into fucking I love you. Yes. I think with this song, I needed to listen to it a few times before, like, I really actually mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. 
What are your yeah? I didn't love it when it first came out. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite. Yeah, it's not my fave on the album, but I do like it. I will listen. I will. Either, I really won't skip any songs on this album. Oh, I will. <laughs> Um, but we'll get there. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can get there, like TVH maybe, but this isn't one of my skips. Like, looking into the lyrics, the song's actually like pretty deep. Oh yeah. Um, even though it, the chorus, like, you wouldn't really, the chorus, you wouldn't really think maybe it was that deep, but like all of the rest of the lyrics, but the chorus fits into the overall message really well. Yeah. But I had written down. So it's like very like morbid. Like she's thinking about like like life and death and um oh, yeah. like going through her life and she's she's talking about drugs and like shooting up. Um, yeah. It's but, definitely a darker song mm-hmm. off this album. Yeah, and like it's about like people, like celebrity culture, mm-hmm. um talking about California. She's like, you can move to California, but like, it's not like you're gonna change everywhere you go. You take some yeah. of yourself with you, and then her moving on to the chorus, like her saying "fuck it, I love you." It's like, it's not like it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like she's saying it just to say it. She's saying it to mean like, like fuck it, like life is short. Yeah, it's like about escapism. Like she's like, you know, there's this guy, yeah. and like. You know, when I'm with you, I forget about all these things. And so, like, fuck it. Like, I love you. I think my favorite... I, this song, it's, like, one of those songs, like, I like I need to be in a mood to listen to it. But I think, mm-hmm. like, the really, like, juxtapositioning, if you will, is the mm-hmm. outro when she's saying, you know, California dreaming, got money on my mind. And it's, like, fuck it, I love you is also going at, like, the same time. Yeah. It's really those two things, like, butting against each other of, like really talking about those things mm-hmm. it's like yeah like i love you and i do agree it's like that like life is short but it's like also it's like i'm california dream got money on my mind like talking about like this the industry and like fame and mm-hmm. really having to deal with that as a beast on its own definitely a morbid topic but this is definitely this is definitely one of the more upbeat songs on the <laughs> on the album and yeah it is. it's pretty nuts <laughs> It is. Yeah, and like the drums, the drums really fit. Like the drums really make you feel like California vibe. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely giving that energy. I wrote, I wrote this line. I think this is in the bridge, and it it goes. And if I wasn't so fucked up, I think I'd fuck you all the time. I just love that line. Mm. I think it's so funny. I know that is an iconic line. Like really resonates with me. <laughs> Like, definitely does. We leave, we leave, Fuckin' I Love You too. the sublime cover of Do In Time. And I don't actually know, does, does she ever, like, say why she did this? Like, I don't actually know this, do you? Um, I think she... I've, I'm pretty sure the label pitched it to her. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that she felt like it fit the vibe of, like, maybe California. Yeah, it's California. Yeah. yeah. I definitely love the cover. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's better than the original, but I'm kind of like... A, 
I also think yeah, that. like I'm definitely. <laughs> and I like Sublime, but I like the. I think she puts this such this feminine mm-hmm. touch, which it needs, and I think she makes it sound so sexy. Like I yep. think it's such a sexy song when she yeah, sings she doesn't it. even change the lyrics, which is cool. Like it's still like she's talking about a girl, but yeah. um, like it's for the girls, it's for the summertime. Like it was a good <laughs> cover. It definitely had a lot of mainstream yeah. appeal. Like you know, this is played. Like this oh, gets yeah. played. It's played by straight men. Uh, yeah, Jake, yeah. our roommate, loves this song. Our former mm. roommate. He loves this song. Yeah, because it's just like anyone can get down to it. Like, people know the original cover, but yeah. it's like, this it just feels fresh and yeah. fun and definitely got her some more streams and mainstream appeal. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think this is in her top five, like, streamed on Spotify, at least on Spotify. Mm. I might be wrong, but I feel Definitely like in the summertime. Wrong. Yeah, but it is, like, totally, like, and I think it was released so perfectly. I think it was released in May of 2019, Mm -hmm. and, like, such a perfect time to release it. It definitely fits the vibe of the album, like, like, such a widespread appeal, like, mainstream-wise, like, one, if people just know the Sublime song to begin with, and two, it's just, like, it's, like, such a good summer jam, like, it's just such a, it's a good summer song. I think it's very interestingly placed in the album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the again, like I don't know if there was a reasoning why she put it right after "Fuck It, I Love You." Yeah, and then before "Love Song." Mm-hmm. Usually, um, she puts the covers at the end. Yeah. So we move on from doing time mm-hmm. to uh, a, a, another favorite of mine, mm-hmm. which is "Love Song." And I always forget actually how much I enjoy this song yeah. until I listen to it. Because I'm always like, oh, I'm not in the mood. But then I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I, yeah, this is so good. Mm-hmm. I love the lyrics. And I love how it sounds. 100%. Um, it's so soft. It's so beautiful. Like, you feel like you're in an oasis or like this, like. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This, like. This, like Garden of Eden, TBH. Oh, that's such a good like visual, yeah, description. Yeah, and like it is like she like she's met this guy and she's like learning to love him or she's learned to love him since she's met him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like we don't like she's like longing for someone because we don't necessarily know if he loves her back because she's singing this song and she's like be my once in a lifetime like i'm a fucking mess like thanks for everything i passed the test now we're here i and then when she's like the the line that always fucking gets me is where she's like, like to think that you would stick around. Yes, stick around. Like that line. I'm just dying to make you proud. Like, yes. Yep. And then like the end of the chorus, like, oh my God. Like chills, yeah. chills, chills. Yeah. Like relate that to so many men that I've been me with. Me too. Yeah, me too. And that's why I like think like I'm like okay like I don't know if this guy loves her back like that's the tea. Yeah, and I think you really see that, and then like the next few songs, at least especially the next two, I think. But 
um that like he i don't think he does love her back and i feel like this is like one of those moments where it's like it's like oh we're, we're about to do a drop off real soon um mm-hmm. i think one of my favorite lines is i you know uh, the ones you said i definitely relate to but i think the one that resonates with me the most is is it safe is it safe to be who we are because like to me mm-hmm. some of the gentlemen that have been in my life <laughs> have a very public persona and are oh my God. <laughs> are sometimes like very completely different people when they're like when it's in a one-on-one situation and i feel like that's a very like side of like vulnerability that like it it takes a lot for someone to show that and it's like i really relate to that because it's like is it really like are we really being our true selves like right now Mm -hmm. in this conversation are you like putting on your mask and being like your Mm -hmm. quote-unquote public persona yeah like they're not solidified she's like she but she's like ready to to go all in and the way that she sings and the production oh so like the simple yeah it adds so much to the story yeah it makes it seem like it really makes you believe what she's saying like it really makes it seem genuine like what she's saying like she really does like she really does want to be with this guy like she really and like it really does make you happy like it really makes you think like about being in love and and falling in love and finding a guy and like wanting him to feel the same way yeah i think a really cool thing about this song in general is also like she loves she says like the sound of our love song which i like i love that because it's like sometimes when you like in other songs I've listened to, when they mention love songs, it's usually, like, it's talking about, like, a love song. But I think it's so much more poignant when you say our love song because it's, like, talking yeah. about your own experience and, like, living in it and the uniqueness of your own connection with this person, which I just mm-hmm. love in general. And, yeah, I, I – this, this song, like, it's – yeah, the production, the way she mm-hmm. sings – it really like yeah it makes you want to be like yes like let like, yes no like let's do it mm-hmm. yeah and her saying like our love song like she talks about she's talking about cars a lot and like going fast yeah and it's like it's like relating to what she talked about on ride kind of like yeah. being with these guys on the open road and like just like being free with them and like she talks about cars a lot in her songs and yeah. like on later songs on the album and like she's like i'm a mess like i'm in my party dress like they they're living like a little yeah they're living a little extravagant life they may be hanging around in some like crazier circles and she just loves being with him yeah it's just that real that moment like that height like like we're at the peak yep and then we go into uh cinnamon girl oh my god which i think is uh, i love polar opposite almost from the last song it's it's (laughs) you really get we're we were at the peak now we're in the valley like we are in the valley um but my first note is and dylan definitely knows this so when i listen to songs sometimes i don't really get the song lyrics <laughs> oh my god. That's usually manifested in me mumbling or getting the words wrong at the <laughs> wrong time. And for the longest, longest, longest time, I thought the first lyrics were cinnamon in my tea. 
I got thought she was drinking tea and she just had like a cinnamon tea. Mm. Like I've had a cinnamon tea before, but it's not. Mm. It's um, cinnamon in my teeth. Um, mm. I just wanted to mention yeah. that. But I, th- but I think you were right when you said like this is really the polar opposite and really expresses kind of conflicted feelings of this intense kind of relationship that you know could probably be unhealthy and is really kind of like begging her love interest to nurture her instead of hurting her mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely like a toxic relationship <laughs> toxic relationship <laughs> she's thinking about drug abuse like yeah. like with the pills and the violet yep. blue and green like he's her man is like hooked on something and that is causing a rift between them like i wrote my first note for the song was not for straight men <laughs> like because they just <laughs> won't be able to... and i've seen tiktoks like that like on lana tiktok that is like sh- straight men can never relate will never be able to relate to the song i agree in its, in its fullness Completely. like in, in the agree. fullness of the song like knowing what it feels like to be like I don't know. It doesn't necessarily, like, not saying that you have to be in, like, an abusive relationship to experience this, but just, like, being in, like, a toxic situation or just, like, with a man who's just not treating you right. And, like, it's about, like, being afraid about opening up to somebody to tell them. Yeah. Like, in the chorus. Like, you are hurting me. yeah, Yeah. There's things I want to talk about, but better not to give. Like. Yeah. I wrote that down, too, the lyric. Well, I'm at the chorus. Yeah it's it's definitely hitting yeah i definitely agree with you it's like i don't think you you don't don't need to be in like a quote-unquote abusive or quote-unquote unhealthy relationship to like really just relate to this at all um you know but i think yeah the the course really gets me where you know she's saying there's things i want to say to you but i'll just let you live like if you hold me without hurting me you'll be the first who ever did Mm -hmm. and she's like whoa and i think the steady chorus beat kind of like mimics like waves Mm -hmm. like an ocean yeah and i think the backing track is like again like i i think the thing about lana is like she's obviously an amazing songwriter but i think she's an amazing artist like i think she really gets it and like real the sound matches what she's trying to say Mm -hmm. in the storyline she's putting forward in the visuals like the visuals she's writing are perfectly matched with the music and the backing track yeah yeah definitely and i i think yeah the backing track and like the production on the last chorus like chills like the outro like at times i've been like i don't want to put this playlist on the a song on a playlist because then the outro is just too long but like (laughs) the outro is long for the context of the song and the album like the outro is so necessary because it's like you during the outro like the production matches so well it's letting you sit and think about what she just said like oh completely like letting it's like sitting in it you're sitting in it Mm -hmm. and it's like wow yeah you're realizing what she's saying Mm -hmm. and like like her talking about talking about like hot stuff like cinnamon in my teeth after they kiss 
like yeah. uh kerosene on my hands you make me a mad on fire again like the relationship's really like explosive like it's spicy it's hot it's dangerous and like it hurts them both um yeah but, like she's got kerosene on her hands from like being around him so she's like vulnerable yeah. from all that she's taken for him and then he's not he's gonna mad he's on fire and they just like light up into something exactly. way like huge and she's trying it's... to fix him but it's like girl yeah. might not be able... it ain't happening yeah girl like it might not be him it might not be him who's the one yeah and it yeah it's really just like bringing those two things together it's like obviously like they, this is a passionate like you get the like especially in like the lead up especially the last song like you understand like this is a passionate relationship if it's the same relationship which i perceive it to be as the one in love song and and then you're mixing it with, with that like that the drugs and the pain yeah and it just yeah it's it's just so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and genius is saying that the backtrack is like the pills that she's referencing because it's euphoric yeah. which is interesting yeah The next song. The next song, I'll be honest. I could skip this yeah, song. Yeah, this is usually How to disappear. This is a skip song. This for is me. like uh yeah, this is probably my like I don't want to say it's my least favorite. I need to be in a it's not my least favorite. Like I have I do have a least favorite and I will say it when we get there, but I just need to be in a mood. And mm-hmm. like when listening to this whole like piece as a like as a work, like it was a body of work it is it i think it's so important to have that as tells more yeah. of the story but if it's on its own i'm skipping it i'll be honest yeah i can't yeah we like this song definitely fits with the narrative of the album very well um there is a lot of fan support around the song i feel like i see this song popping up on tiktok oh really um one the part that like a lot of people like say is like really good writing which i agree with is the second verse where she's like i love that man like no money can he moves mountains and pounds in the ground again i watch the guys getting high as they fight for the things that they hold dear to forget the things they fear like that part is just so like it really is poignant like it really goes to show her songwriting because yeah She's talking about these this guy that she like or she's in I don't know she she loves him. Yeah, there's a connection there. Yeah, and he can be physically strong and like do all these things, but he self-sabotages and yeah. then like guys get like all like I don't know into their masculinity and try to I don't know put up a front to yeah. like I don't know against the things that they really care about yeah um and i think it's really like like you said yeah like physically strong but i think like emotionally insecure yeah or they're unable to express their feelings Mm -hmm. and yeah been there done that not fun (laughs) yeah and she taught yeah she talks about men like not communicating too much like the first course like she's like seeing a guy i don't know it just doesn't seem like he really is too in the he's like he's not really in the moment he's just like yeah what's up like hey and she's kind of just there 
Yeah. And she's like her saying like this is how it disappear is like her saying like not she's not saying like I'm getting away. Like I'm I'm running away. She's being like, I'm just I'm here with this guy and I just feel like I'm just here. And I feel like I'm not be I'm not like seen. Yeah. Because there's not an emotional like openness and communication. Completely. Completely. And I think that's really like the lyric is like, I'm always gonna be right here. No one's going anywhere. Yeah. And yeah, by the end and that's yeah that's song yeah yep by the end of the song like the last verse where she's like i've left new york like i've got a kid or whatever which i mean that's why it's like okay she doesn't actually have a kid but (laughs) like she's thinking about the past and like how she used to be and she used to fade in and out of situations but she realizes like she can lean on herself and you know she she's always gonna be right here like she's not gonna let herself like fade out like she has her own i don't know qualities that shine through yeah exactly i didn't really pick up on it till recently but the guitar solo or like that bit yeah kind of sounds identical to wild at heart off chemtrails Mm, definitely similar i definitely noticed that like today or yesterday i was like (laughs) this sounds very familiar yeah yeah this song sad (laughs) <laughs> sad but happy resolution yeah happy resolution she has a kid in new york that she may or may not have who knows she left Ma- california she left but california, now but, but now we're back but now she's now she's going back <laughs> um my first note it says the way she says arms in the song makes me laugh love you love you lana girl because she says oh. when you night in my arms Um, (laughs) yes yes this song i like original like this is another song where when i first listened to the album i didn't really pick up my attention but then like returning to it after months like and just like listening to it with like my airpods in like it really does hit world out it does hit like this is one of the better songs on the album i agree it did i agree with you it took me some time to like get it Mm -hmm. but then when i got it i got it the girls who get it get it and the girls who don't don't 100 percent. my keywords for this are somber romance regret and longing regret and longing are my words for this too Mm -hmm. very americana very california yeah very very giving like lifestyle giving imagery just giving yeah my favorite lyrics are you don't have to you don't ever have to be stronger than you really are when you're lying in my arms and honey you don't ever have to act cooler than you think you should you're brighter than the brightest stars Mm-hmm. fun fact lana teased the song like uh, i don't know when it was but it was be- way before the album came out and she was just reading these lyrics icon on like instagram and i remember hearing them and i was like how the hell is she going to turn this into a song because this just sounds like a poem <laughs> but she really did with jack mr antonov um i have mm-hmm. to actually speaking of lana and poetry i need to get her poetry book i know same i feel like a fake fan i always i see it it's always next to the charles bukowski and barnes and nobles i'm always like oh damn i need to go to barnes and nobles it's at barnes and nobles or at least the one in poughkeepsie oh like (laughs) i'll I'll ship it (laughs) oh my god i'm dead i'll deliver it um 
This song is sad. And it, yeah, I think regret is what mm-hmm. really is the pulling for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's singing about a relationship that's fallen apart. Um, and like only afterwards is she realizing this and like, you know, mm-hmm. what she had once it's gone. And she's saying like, when you're back in town, like it doesn't have to be like you're in California, but that's it's just yeah. fitting the vibe. But like, it seems like he's left the country potentially, like he's really gone. And she's saying like, if you come, if you're like back in town, I'll drop everything. And like, we Pick can go, yeah. yeah, like we can go out. Like she will roll out all the stops for him because she's just realizing like, damn. I don't know. It just seems like they had a very like, you know, crazy like relationship in California and like we're partying and stuff. And he didn't think that he was good, but she's like reassuring him. Yeah. Like what you said, the lines that you mentioned. And then like he says like, you're scared to win, you're scared to lose. She kind of teases him a little bit. I don't know. She's kind of like playful about it. Like I like it's not like necessarily like she's like I'm like so sad. Like the like I'm like you need to come back or I'm gonna like cry myself to sleep. Like she's yeah. really just like kind of like she's putting she's putting on a show. And she's like melancholic in a sense, but she's like teasing him. Like you hate the heat. You got the blues. Like oh you can't stand the heat. And there's other things I can't find the line right now. But she like I have te- she teaches him like a little bit. I think you're right where it's like, whatever this was, it was definitely high, high intensity, doing a lot of partying, mm-hmm. probably doing a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of grow up a little bit. Yeah. And this guy's gone. But like, if he comes back, like, you know, she will drop everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can really, a lot of people can. I can yeah, I can, re- <laughs> I can relate. Like, you have that guy that, like, you like you're not like sitting up all night thinking about him but you like he's you got that one person that you really think about sometimes and you're like damn i wish i could have done xyz and like if they gave you that chance you'd be like all right sure yeah and the chorus the chorus oh my god the chorus just like hits with the with the production oh it just hits again production musically wise that's i think that's what also makes this album just so good and I think really is the start of this, like, new era of Lona. And mm-hmm. you've really seen all the Blue Bannisters and Chemtrails mm-hmm. that started here. Yeah. And I, it's so good. It's so Yeah, good. and one last note is, like, even with the chorus, like, the way she's singing and the production is, like, matching, like, it's a kind of intense. Like, she's matching the intensity of her relationship, kind of, like, trying to entice him to come back, yeah. like, it's very like she's like, we'll do whatever you want, go <laughs> whatever, whatever how far. Like, <laughs> in the top shelf. Yeah, she's really like trying to like call him back in like a siren kind of, but she's like okay, she's not like she's not like distraught, but she's like okay, like I would really be, I I really wouldn't be mad if he came back. You and know? you know what? We'll have a little party and and I'll I'll try to draw you back in. Yeah, yeah. We just leave California, and we're going to, and we're off to the next best American record. So, this song I originally did not like, but it was another song that really had to grow on me. And now I love it. I think it's a great song. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this was originally supposed to appear on 
Lust for Life. Mm. And this was originally yep. leaked in 2017, mm-hmm. and it was under the name Architecture. Yes. Yes. This song was originally supposed to be in Lust for Life. The Architecture version was definitely sadder. Um, mm-hmm. I forget. She changes the chorus and, like, a lot of the lyrics in this newer version to make them happier. Like, I don't remember exactly what off the top of my head, but the chorus is definitely, like, sadder. Like, first, like, I agree. Like, originally, I did not like this song. And I was skipping it. But then I listened to it with my AirPods and, and, like, just (laughs) listening... (laughs) Listening to the chorus after the bridge, or listen like after the bridge ends and the glass shatters and the chorus starts again, I was like, "Whoa!" Like this song really like I needed this. It's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really good when you like because I agree. Like I think when I heard it, I wasn't listening. But then when I listened to it, I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Whoa!" Yep, yep, yep. The chorus is like hypnotizing. It's very anthemic. Like the next best American record, like they were so obsessed with writing the next best American record. All right. So she's with this like person, and they're both like kind of have these ideas of grandeur and like being something great. And they yeah. kind of egg each other on, like, and they think that like they're together, they're doing like they're creating art, like they're doing all these great things. Like, they think their relationship's like star-crossed almost. And they're like kind of obsessed yeah. with each other. And they realize like we were so obsessed with writing the next Best American record, but then like we like fell in love. And like now we're happy with the love we have rather than writing the next Best American record. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I didn't have enough worth I haven't thought about it like that, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I just love the lines my baby used to dance underneath my architecture. And this definitely also references Led Zeppelin when we throw out to the Houses of the Holy, smoking on them cigarettes, the Led Zeppelin album, Houses of the Holy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you just really described it perfectly. Like, I, nothing I can say more will really hit the nail on the head. But this is a one hell of a good song. And So I looked up the architecture lyrics. So in architecture, she was like, Okay, so this is the chorus. She says, but you were so obsessed with write, with writing the next Best American record that there was there was nothing left by the time we got to bed. But maybe that's a shame. You did it all for fame. You did it all for fame. So in that version, she's more singing as like she's with this guy. And like she like he's so obsessed with like his fame or prestige that he's yeah. like neglecting her. Definitely. Um her. and it's definitely more like there's more vitriol in that version. And I think her changing it definitely makes it, I don't know, more powerful because it's like love is is over is being more important than than fame. Yeah, yeah, that just based on those lyrics alone, yeah, that sounds really. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, the glass shatter like is like their love is shattering the sky or shattering their like mind Perception, palace that they yeah. were that they were in their, their ideas of grandeur, <laughs> like and literally and my favorite lyric is the chorus like whatever's on tonight i just want to party with you so good like just makes me feel like i want a boyfriend like like it makes me want to dance like this like not in like a you know like it makes me want like sensually dance 
like move it makes me want to move my body when i hear this chorus mm-hmm. like i want to move uh, my I, body mm-hmm. and i love when she sings there's something that i never knew no. like oh so good i can't it's definitely my most most played song from the album but not my favorite my favorite's venice bitch but definitely my most played i think also I, I think I got really turned on also to this song by you at one point um, in our friendship because I think when I first like really listened to this album I was really focused on some of the like the first half of the album and not the second half which you know now yeah. I appreciate it. I love a lot of the songs on the second half but yeah you definitely you know you gave me the, the, the push for this one and no I the chorus is so good yeah yeah, like, yeah, I just wanted like dance. We leave yeah. writing. I'm at the next best American record to the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I love the lyrics. It just took me a it, like, like, again, like I said, the last song, it just took me a long time to get there. And to really appreciate as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the greatest came out at the same time as Fuck It, I Love You. They were released at the same time. Lana's team actually fucked up and released them and a week before by accident for like 10 minutes that they were supposed to be on Spotify. So like it was a mess. Like I remember there was a Spotify bear that said new Lana singles out now. And then like it was actually alive. But the greatest I definitely listened to more. And it took me a while to appreciate it but i definitely do really like i think that i think the greatest should have been the last song in the i agree actually with that i'm I'm really looking at the lyrics right now and i can't say that that was an original thought that was told me to me by a guy that i was involved with but the song really like it really is nostalgia yeah yeah definitely uh, like she's longing she's longing and there's this word in portuguese and it doesn't have a direct translation. It's it's saudage. Mm-hmm. It's not how you say it with an accent, but it means like it means like a melancholic like longing for oh, something. Like, like it's like so like intense like longing. Yeah. And you know she's singing about like a former lover, like good nights. It's like very pop, very America. Yeah. She is like and, and like the greatest loss. Like she's she's thinking about different like parts of America, like California, like mm-hmm. New York, music, yep. rock and roll, all this stuff. Like the greatest loss is the loss of the culture and the dying of like art and like mu- like the music industry yeah. and like the declining quality of music. And that's what the outro, like that- especially with the outro, where she like names. Yes. I have I have it in front of me right now. If this is it, I'm signing off. Miss doing nothing the most of all. Hawaii just missed that fireball. LA is in flames. It's getting hot. Kanye West is blonde and gone. Life on Mars ain't just a song. I hope the live Mm -hmm. stream's almost on. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that last, the outro, like, oh my God. She just makes so many references. Talking about climate change. Talking about downfall Kanye West. (laughs) Which is uh, a cultural I mean, like, phenomenon. Downfall, yeah, like Life on Mars. They just yeah. song like you know people Elon Musk going on Mars, um, and like the live stream almost on. Like it gives you like a Black Mirror oh, like yeah, vibe. Totally. Like oh, like 
let me just tune in. Like I'm like disillusioned. Like let me just tune into my media to consume and just escape. But not necessarily like art. Like oh, like the live stream's almost on. Like I, and it's so somber. Yeah. It's so somber. Like it's all her here. It, it really reminds me of kind of like Perfect Places, oh, where she's yeah. like, That's all of our connection. heroes are fading. Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, and even the the pre-course, uh, the culture is lit, and, and if this is it, I had a ball. I guess that I'm burned out mm-hmm. after all. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's really, she really, she really dedicates herself to her art and her yeah, craft and songwriting, and she's like, I'm doing so much, and she's not. And then all. Yeah, she's not really, like, she, Lana Del Rey has not gotten her due from the industry. And even though she's really paved a way for like a lot of pop music, Com- female artists, like sound completely. and songwriting. And she's just acknowledging that. And like the culture is lit. She should have. Like, exactly. And I don't mean to bring it up, but I will. The whole shit in 2020 when she made that post talking about like the other female artists and everyone called her out. Like, like, I think so many people took that, like, without the context of her whole career. Yeah. And, she, and like, when I think, when I was re-listening to this song, like, I was really thinking about that moment on the internet when she posted that yeah. on Instagram. It's yep. like, she, it's like, guys, like, she was right. Like, and mm-hmm. there's, like, like, I think all the, I can't remember all the artists she named, but, like, like, obviously very talented people, but... Mm-hmm. Like Miss Lana has not gotten like a good deal in in the respects of the music industry, yeah. and like she got the fucking variety like hit maker of the decade. And I'm like, yeah. finally, like I know, like and that was last year. Yeah, I mean, it's she's received a lot of like undue criticism, like people calling her like anti woman for like the things she sings about, even though she yeah. sings about like real things that she's experienced and like that not all relationships are you know lovey-dovey perfect exactly she thinks and she's it's not even just like oh all this happened to her she sings about things that like things that happen to women like being abusive relationships and like romanticize or like not being able to leave or like romanticizing like a toxicity like yeah and I don't know, the greatest loss is the culture dying. Like, you can really relate to it in the current world. It only gets more relevant, like, losing, yeah, a sense of belief in, like, systems of the world, like, in, like, role models, politicians, like, people you looked up to don't seem as great as they were when you were, like, a kid. Yeah. Um, and it really, uh, it's really striking. Like, and I feel like we're going to talk about more of this in a bit when I bring it up on the last question. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I I think I enjoy the song more as I'm growing older and like what she really talks about, like I'm definitely one of those people who connects places and memories. Yeah. And nostalgia and that like feeling of like longing and that that word yeah. you mentioned, the Portuguese word. Like I definitely am one of those people. And this song really resonates with me in that. And then just, yeah, like like you said, and like what we just said, like the loss of the culture. And it took me a very long time to really get the outro the way I like now understand it. And as we just talked about, but it, this, is a real, I, this is a really good song and I do agree. I think this should have been the last song off the album, mm-hmm. especially with that outro. Yeah, definitely. Ugh. 
And I just love, and I love whatever Miss Lana talks about dancing. Because she loves to dance. She loves to dance and sing. And I'm a girl who loves to dance, too. So I just love all the dancing. Oh, my God. I miss dancing with you most overall. Yeah. My least favorite song of the album, and I always skip it, Bartender. Mm-hmm. I always skip this song. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, Bartender is definitely not my fave. It's definitely at the bo- towards the bottom for me. Um, it probably is my, probably is my least fave. Um, it's more of a poem, I feel like. And it really paints a picture it's very Lana Del Rey. It very fits the album. Um, it's just not the best to like listen to. But like, yeah, like, I agree honestly, with everything would, you said. I just yeah, don't I was, like to listen to it. I was listening to the album today, and it was playing in the car, and I was singing it, like because I could feel because I know all the words, and I can really sing to it. And I feel like I'm I'm just like reading a poem out of like a poetry slam, kind of. I have no. I like, think you're right. Like I think it is a it's a good poem. It's like yeah. it's good lyrically. Like there are good mm-hmm. words and they make sense together. I just don't like mm-hmm. it as a song. Yeah, you know she's talking about dealing with her being a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like seeking like peace from the spotlight through her relationships and the love. Her lover is she's describing him as a bartender. Like he is just a regular person. He's not a celebrity. He's not necessarily, like, she can go to a bar in the middle of the night and pick him up and they can just drive away and, like, be yeah. away from and, like, everything. Get away. Escape. And he's a bartender. He knows how to serve her. Like, she, he knows how to fulfill her needs. Yes. That she, like, I don't know, this, like, gap that she experiences for being in the limelight. Um, She's on the open road. She's going out into nature with him. And, like, he stays with her. Like, he'll always be yeah. there. Uh, the other part that everyone talks about is where she's like, but to tend it like, like a like a drink clicking. I think that's what they say on Genius that there's like it's like a drink clicking or like um, a paparazzi, like a, a yeah, camera, a camera flash. Oh, yeah. Um, I just thought she was just doing it for funsies. <laughs> 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 I just thought yeah. she got the stutter immediately. Yeah, definitely, definitely metaphoric, definitely poem, de- definitely giving poet. <laughs> definitely giving literature. Yeah. Um, just not a not my vibe. <laughs> but I can appreciate the imagery. Yeah. And the like this to me is like very escapism and getting getting away. Yeah. And like when you think of like a normal and just general like I think you are so right with that serving, but then you also think of, like, when you think of, like, bartenders, how they're, like, shown in sitcoms or whatever, it's, like, someone you can always, like, talk to and, like, basically just, like, dump all your problems on, and it's it's basically, like, a therapist, like, like that's how really, like, bartenders are perceived to, yeah. I would say, a bunch of people, and, like, I do think it is, like, this man in her life that she is with, but there's like there's that symbolism too. It's just like this person you can just like completely just like dump on, like like dump all your problems on, mm-hmm. and just like get out of town. Yeah. Yeah, definitely least favorite, but like I'm a stand, so I will still sing to it. Do you want me or do you? So, last two songs, 
some of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, Happiness is a Butterfly. Mm. I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Mm. I, I, yeah, I just really love this song, and I, I always think of you. Um, when I hear the song, I'm like, God, I'm in love with you. <laughs> no, um, I think it was like our last two weeks. I don't know. It was our last two weeks of mm. college, and we were at Aaron's house. And it was like three in the morning. Oh or something, my god! And yeah. We were driving back to our apartment. Mm-hmm. And we had the song playing, and we were just singing yep. the the chorus, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the good. Song is just, it's so good, and I love the lyrics. I especially just love the chorus. Yeah. On March 29th, two thousand eighteen, she first released a snippet of this song via Instagram. Yeah. And the caption wrote. Don't try too hard to catch it. Just dance until it finds you. Mm-hmm. T. Yeah, this is my second favorite song on the album. It just, like, everything about it is just so good. Yeah. And, the yeah, the chorus is my favorite part. Like, the chorus just hits. And, like, the last chorus gets louder. Like, she's she's so yeah. serious. She's almost, like, shouting. Like, like, th- like she's just... Like, she's, like, outside, and she's just, like, singing, like, so loud. Like, whoever hears it, she doesn't care. Um, Like, it's she's definitely taking stock of her relationship. Or, like, just taking stock of relationship, how you feel. Like, happiness isn't, like, like, I don't know. It's, like, it it could be so close, but you try to catch it, and just, like, you can't. You Um, can't. But you see it, and it looks so alluring, and, like, it's in this relationship, and she's like, oh. And you want to chase it. She's like, oh, we could be happy. We could, like, I, I like, they're in this toxic relationship. She's, like, fighting, like, with, the, with this guy, but they're happy in mm-hmm. fleeting moments. Yeah. They have, like, good times, and she holds on to those, like, they dance. She just wants to dance with him, you know? And when she dances yeah. with him, she's happy. Exactly. She loves to dance. Lana loves to dance. Lana's one of those girls, she says, I dance like no one's watching. Literally. And I think the most the most striking line is the pre-chorus. If he's a serial killer, what can happen to... What's the worst that could happen to a girl who's already hurt? I love that Like, line. that is just so striking. Because it's like, who else is going to say that besides Lana Del Rey? Yeah, and like, it definitely reminds me of uh, the first two lines of Norm fucking Rockwell, where it's just like, what? It's just like, mm-hmm. did she just say that? And, but it's like, it makes so much sense for her to say that. And it fits so perfectly with the whole song. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's just like she's it's like it truly is like what can what can happen to a girl like who's already hurt yeah. and i've definitely you know felt like that where it's like you're in such like just being distraught mm-hmm. over a person and like you're trying to keep on to these you know good these good parts but it's just so toxic and it's like well like like what like what's next like he could kill me i don't care yeah. i'm so distraught i'm so distraught yeah she has like nothing to lose pretty much I was reading some errands and I got So we get to the last song mm. off the album. Hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it. Mm. So like this is a good song to end the album on. And to me it's really a it's so like I think there's a lot of heart wrenching songs off this album, but this is probably mm-hmm. this is like a real punch in the gut. Yeah. 
yeah it's really raw like like what you said about the production because it's like you could tell from the production that this was like this was like very bare bare bones and like it's just yeah, very raw it's kind of like a monologue tbh like mm-hmm. she is like this is like obviously you can relate to this but because you can relate to it but it's just like music whatever but like this is really about her and like yeah. she's singing about her career and her experiences and like like not literally but like a lot there's a lot of metaphor but um like she's talking about like kind of how she's been treated in the music industry and like Definitely. you know people said she was anti-woman um because what she's saying about like anti-feminist and like it kind of reminds me of, like the yellow wallpaper like people think that she's like crazy yeah yes. such a good reference yeah people think she's crazy because she's being honest and like she's not afraid to like express herself through her art and people fear powerful women and that's why it's yeah. named hope is dangerous thing for a woman like me to have like like she could have easily gave up on singing like i remember when when she came out with Ultraviolence, she did an interview that she was like, "This is my, this is my last album." Obviously, that didn't end up being true. Thank the Lord. She could have given up on her career and just like cashed out. Especially with the response on. Yeah, well, she could have. She could have. Well, she could have cashed out. Yeah, she got attacked for Ultraviolence. She could have cashed out on her Born to Die checks because that album charted. True. That album charted for like hundreds of weeks, but. Yeah, it's really somber yeah. and serious. Like, she is really letting it all out. Some of, like, the chorus, I really get that. And I think, like, I think what she, she, when we've said this, she truly puts, like, her whole soul into her music. And I think writing in blood on my walls because the ink in my pen don't work in my notepad. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, like, that's, I'm just, like, I really see that it's like it's truly just like her putting her literal blood like her body into writing into the work she does and like she does do that and she is an amazing lyricist an amazing writer um yeah i yeah like and then verse two like spilling my guts with the bowery bums is the only love i've ever known except for the stage which i also call home like, I don't know, like, those, like, those really mm-hmm. stick out to me. Because, again, it's just, like, she, she, I think she puts, like, when she's spilling her guts, like, and then just the whole visuals, like, she mm-hmm. really does put everything in. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, so much you could say, like, breaking this down line by line. It's, like, I don't know. It's really deep. Yeah. I think it is a good ending song. I think you made a really good point with the greatest, though. But I think this, you know, I think it does have some of the same themes of just like not really getting that recognition that yeah she should have gotten definitely. So, woman fucking Rockwell. What story does this album tell you, Dylan? Top to bottom. The story of the album, it's like trials and tribulations of love really like thinking about things like i don't know in the world i don't know appreciating art there's just so much like i yeah you are right. i don't know it's just art like that's all i think that's all i wrote i said this album is art for this question i agree for me and like i don't know if this is like again i really 
to my this is my own question i was like fuck i don't even know what to say i really wrote like nostalgic for a love that was better in your head Mm -hmm. than it actually was um yeah that's what i wrote like again i think i think it is really hard to put a storyline on this album where in like other albums that we have already i've already talked about or i listen to in general it's like i can easily point out boom like this is the storyline with this like they all connect and they're all connected but it's so like the storyline is like a like three novels like it's so much and it's so good and that's what i think makes it so good is it is so Mm -hmm. much um but it's hard to really define like a a timeline to start and an end yeah this one yeah it's really her refining her her craft and like you're seeing like this is lana del rey this is her moment this is her defining yeah piece of work i think i don't think she could top it completely tbh i agree i i yeah i agree okay last three questions song to fall in love to what is your Um, answer i have venice bitch because i just love the way that song makes me feel and i would love to have somebody who i could like listen to that song with and be like wow like this is like the vibe yeah um for me it's the next best american record that's a good one i think it's just that the like that showing of like what you were and how you described it it's like these people were meant to like do a task do a job write the best american record but then like fell in love and i really just like the sound and i like Mm -hmm. the lyrics a lot yeah okay to get your heart broken too i mean i feel like definitely cinnamon girl like okay yeah because i just like uh if i was going through a breakup or like some man wronged me i would definitely listen to that that's why i said it's not for straight men because it's like what a man can do to me <laughs> like what i'm like that's only for a certain population um for me it's happiness is a butterfly because i think that's the real like it's the showing of like oh shit like to me it's like it's you're about to get your heart broken too but like you know it's ha- gonna happen and you're doing everything you can to like get get what was back which I think is such a desperate, heartbreaking, like, thing mm-hmm. to do. I love that song. And when I was going through my heartbreaks, I, I definitely have listened to this song a lot because I think it's really describing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The defining song song off the album. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dylan. So I feel like the stands will debate this question um and people will say it's either between the greatest and mariner's apartment complex which i feel like is yours um but i said that i think the defining one is the greatest and the greatest is not my favorite song on the album but i think it's the defining song i think it really you know it hits on her career it captures the essence of the album um like I said, it should be the last song. Um, it feels really cathartic to listen to it. Like, just like I said, like thinking about the world, like 
the changing world that we're living in like as young people and like um i don't know just like it's nostalgia of the president like i don't know no i think that's a good description like like that makes sense to me what you're saying the nostalgia of the president i think that's a very good description Mm -hmm. yeah it's hitting on most of like the major themes like romance like she talks about a guy um nostalgia escapism also um, such a side note she really set herself up for 2020 with this album. <laughs> like the year of 2020 and the themes of this album yeah like they really did hit definitely especially definitely this did. song especially the greatest like i completely agree like you're mm-hmm. making me rethink my answer it's so good well you pinned me my I, because I is knew, I knew. <laughs> marriage apartment complex like i think this is the really defining one because i think and not only like this guy and like the story behind the song but i think like a lot of people take her out of the context that she's working in and which is like and really like prescribe her to be a certain way that she's completely not and I think, like, just musically, I think this is why, and lyrically, this is why this defining song off the album for me. I think it's such a powerful musical mm-hmm. song, and the buildup is yeah. so amazing. Like she said, it's like, like, she ain't no candle in the wind. I'm the board, the lightning, the thunder, the kind of girl who's going to make you wonder who you are and who you've been. Like, those are, like, probably some of my favorite Lana Del Rey lyrics in general. Because mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I just I just think I really relate to this song. And that's why I it's, like, my favorite. I'm, like, really what defines this album to me. Yeah, I, I definitely, like, I hear you out. Definitely. Like, this was the first single. She opened up the arrow with this song. Yeah um it, it, i haven't ranked as number seven as my like ranking of those songs i think like just listening to that song it just it really puts you in a place yeah that and... I mean, you took the words out of my mouth like it it puts me in a mental in like a physical mm-hmm. place when i listen to that song mm-hmm. it definitely is one of her essentials um one of the essential songs you have to listen to by Lana. Um, yeah, and I feel like uh, I feel like it's timeless. I really do. Like Ellen John said, like a lot of these songs are timeless, and I think that one is definitely one that people could relate to for a long time. Yeah, like to me, and I'll say it: like she is like a, like a Joni Mitchell of today, or like a Stevie Nicks of today. Like I, I really yeah. do think that in just terms of like female voices, um, and like when I think of those female artists, I'm like those that music is timeless. Anyone can relate to it at any time, and I really feel like that with Lana. And I think, like, like we've said, she is so like underappreciated in like mm-hmm. mainstream culture and like media, and like she is the culture. It's like, like these, like, we're gonna get like 20 years from now, and then people are gonna be like, this was probably one of the greatest albums released of like the mm-hmm. 2010s or, you know, whatever. Cause it, yep. it is so timeless, and like, I can hear, I can listen to this album at any time and like relate to it, and it can bring me to a place. And I think it just harps on like 
really the ex- like I really think she talks f- about like the experience of being a woman and like we've said this like really yeah. um but I I fe- I really do feel that with this yeah gender's a big theme definitely yeah or just you know trying to attract them or attract the male gaze or <laughs> yeah. just being with men yeah okay well dylan thank you so much for being on the pod i know you'll most likely probably be on again <laughs> maybe oh we'll see <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like oh thank god this is over um <laughs> do you have anything no, to plug do you have anything to plug um <laughs> i have actually nothing to plug unfortunately um, maybe next time if you know me you know me if you don't you don't you can find me if you know me <laughs> um well this has been my work to me norman fucking rockwell lana del rey um you can follow me on instagram at my records and me and then also on TikTok at My Records and Me. And you can yes. find me there. Um, next episode will be um, All Things Must Pass by George Harrison. Stick around and you'll hear a, a preview of that. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Of the album is that things uh, don't endure and that everything leaves eventually. But it's kind of funny and um, that he made something that I think, if anything, could in- endure indefinitely. It's like this piece of work, um, which is just kind of funny to think about.